Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, a call to repent. Somebody has said this, God's mercy is like a dam and God's wrath is like the waters. And they said, in our world today, the waters of God's wrath are furiously beating upon the dam of his mercy. And one day, and we don't know when that day is going to be, one day that dam is going to give way. And God is going to pour out his righteous indignation on a world that deserves judgment from God. Because this is his world. And he is the king. And he sets the rules. And what do we do in America? There's one thing to do, and that's repent. Thank you for joining us today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. And today, he's going to predict the future by studying the past, especially a period of time the Bible refers to as the days of Noah. Because in those days, God brought judgment to the people of that time, and judgment is coming to this world again. The lesson today is entitled, Bring on the Flood. Now, we'll catch you up a little bit from part one from yesterday, but you can hear these messages again online anytime at fromhisheart.org. Also, the entire series in the format of your choice is available for a gift of any amount from his heart this month. Just go to fromhisheart.org. Now, though, open your Bible to Romans chapter one. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve with Bring on the Flood. Romans chapter one, verse 18, for the wrath of God. The passionate anger of God, the vengeance of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Why does judgment come? Three reasons. Reason number one, judgment comes because people willfully reject God. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. That word ungodliness literally means irreverence. It's revealed when people fail to give God his just due as God and unrighteousness of men. That covers all kinds of sin and moral depravity and decay who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, who hold back the truth in unrighteousness. They don't like the truth of God. They don't like the standards of God. They don't even like the concept of God. Now, how, how does this come about? I mean, what ways do they willfully reject God? Well, first of all, they refuse to listen to God. So they silence the voice of conscience, but then God has another voice. It's the voice of creation. He says it's in them, and then he says evident to them. For since, verse 20, the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. 
Just look around outside and you see creation. Now, you don't have to be very smart to know that if there is a creation, there has got to be a creator because creations don't come about without a creator. That's the handiwork of God. He has made it evident with the voice of conscience, with the voice of creation, but men refuse to listen to that. They refuse to listen to him, and then they refuse to glorify him. Verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, New American Standard says honor. They did not honor him as God. That word honor literally means to glorify God. Listen, when you spend time with the Lord, two things that you need to do every time when you have a quiet time with God, honor him as God and give him thanks. That is what will keep your heart excited and thriving for the Lord. These people didn't do that. They said no to God. They willfully rejected God. And the scripture says that they are without excuse. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl from whatever corner of the earth who rejects God, they do it willfully. They may not have all the knowledge that you and I have living here in America, living here in the buckle of the Bible belt, but God says they're without excuse. God says they have general revelation. So judgment comes because people willfully reject God. It's not that they can't believe, it's that they won't believe. Second reason. Why does judgment come? Judgment comes because people readily embrace a lie. Look at verse 22. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Verse 25. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, once you willfully reject God, you are rejecting the one, as the scripture says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So you're stepping away from the one who created it all, from the one who knows it all, from the one who is the source of it all. You step away from him, the source of truth, and what do you step to? You step to lies. And verse 22 makes it very plain. You profess to be wise, but you are in actuality a fool. And the people who reject God, they become fools. Fools. Now, in your Bible, you might want to circle where it says fools. Professing to be wise, they became fools. That word in Greek for fools is where we get our English word moron. Moron. You become a moron when you reject God. And not only do they become fools, they become idolaters. Verse 25, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Now, get this. When God made you, he made you with a desire to worship. Commandment number one, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And there's no idol worship. Command number two, but these people become idolaters. And they would rather worship the creature more than the creator. So judgment comes because people readily embrace a lie. And third reason, judgment comes because people heartily pursue sin. They do it with all their heart. Verse 24, 
Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their heart to impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. God gives people up and over. Literally, he surrenders them to lusts, to all sorts of impurities. People say no to God. We don't want to acknowledge you anymore, God. We don't want to honor you, God. We don't want to give you thanks, God. We, we start beating our conscience to death. We suppress and hold back the truth in unrighteousness. We want to live any way we want to live. As it says in Luke chapter 19, we will not have this man be ruler over us. And, and when you push against the, the fence of God's mercy and grace, so you get out of that, God finally just gives you over. He, he just surrenders you. He hands you over to your lusts. And that's what we're seeing happen in America today. And people become sexually promiscuous and sexually perverted. That is taking place. Unbridled lusts. It's not what God wants. But see, when you push against the, God's standards and say, we don't want this, we don't want this, we don't want this, then the Lord says to you, well, not my will, but yours be done. And have at it. You don't want me. You want to go your own way. Have at it. Have at it. I'm not going to hold you back anymore. And so we see that with all sorts of sexual promiscuity and all sorts of perversion. Now, this is a strong dose of truth right here. Strong dose of truth. So to quote Jack Nicholson in a paraphrase, can you handle the truth? Because what I'm going to tell you is not aimed at any individual person. It's aimed at all of us, and it's God's word to us, and this is truth. I didn't write Romans 1. Uh, Paul wrote it by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Listen, according to God, adultery and fornication are sin. Are sin. He gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity. Impurity is moral foulness, lewdness, uncleanness. And people in our world today have become sexually foul, morally foul. And they become morally foul with fornication and adultery. Fornication is having sex with someone when you're not married. You're committing fornication because you're not supposed to do that. Sex is a wonderful thing created by God, and it's designed only for marriage. Adultery is when you have sex with someone who is not your wife. You're married, and you have sex with someone who you're not married to, whom you're not married to. That's adultery. And Jesus said that lust is the same thing. If you lust in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart. So when we struggle or give ourselves over to viewing pornography, pornography is in the camp of adultery. And what does God say about it? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. You're here today, and you're sleeping with your girlfriend. You're sleeping with your boyfriend. You're living with your girlfriend. You're living with your boyfriend. You think it's no big deal? Fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. It's a big deal to God. I had a man tell me not too long ago. He said, well, you know, I, I, I'm getting married in a year. And uh, I, we're really excited about it. I said, wonderful. I said, what's going on between now and then? Well, you know, we're living together. Well, really? Claims to be a Christian. I said, really? I said, you're living together. I said, he quoted to him Hebrews 13, 4. I said, well, how, how, do you, 
how do you make that work with what God says about it? Well, he says a lot more complicated than that, Jeff. And he said, you, you don't understand because if we were to get married now, well, I would lose a lot of money because of the way some things are working out. And, and so we, we can't be married yet because it would cost us. Oh, okay. Well, Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. So I guess you've chosen just to serve money because money is trumping what God says. I said, you know, it's, it's not complicated. I'm not a complicated guy. Hebrews 13, four is not complicated. Fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now, hear this. God loves fornicators and he loves adulterers, but he hates fornication and he hates adultery and he will judge that. And if you think you can walk with God and live in fornication and live in adultery, you are deceived. You can't. And you will experience the wrath of God because God hates sin. Sexual promiscuity, adultery, fornication are sin. That's according to God. I didn't write it. God did. You get mad about that? Take it up with God. How about this one? Everyone needs to write this down because people have a hard time with this one. According to God, homosexuality is sin. Look at verse 26. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. You say, what's he talking about? Well, I think it's pretty clear what he's talking about. He's talking about same-sex relationships. He's talking about homosexuality. He says it is unnatural. It's a degrading passion. It's a sin. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, in the easy-to-read version, says this, men, you must not have sexual relations with another man as with a woman. That is a terrible sin. We live in a world today where people or they're already mad at me, some, because they say, how dare you say that's a sin? I didn't say it. I didn't write Leviticus. God did. God says it's a sin. God makes it clear that it's a sin. Now, God loves adulterers. God loves fornicators. God loves homosexuals. But that doesn't mean that it's not sin. It is sin. It is sin. And God has made it clear that it is sin. And we're growing up kids today in churches, and kids don't know that that's wrong. They don't know it's wrong to sleep together before you're married, it is. They don't know it's wrong to live together before you're married, it is wrong. They don't know it's wrong to have homosexual relationships, it is. It is. And we need to know that, and that's why I wanted you to write that down so you know, hey, this is what God says. Now, I like the fact in Leviticus 18.22, it's very, very clear. We don't, you don't have to be a theological wizard to figure out what he's saying. Now, some people will try and change that, and they'll say, well, you know, you can't take what it says in Leviticus. I mean, it says all sorts of things in Leviticus that we don't, we don't take anymore. You know, we, we sow two kinds of seed in your field, and you're not supposed to do that. All sorts of things about sacrifices, we don't do that anymore. There's all sorts of, uh, you know, national laws, we don't do that anymore. Dietary laws, we don't. So you got to throw that one out, too. No, you don't. Hey, God changed laws in Leviticus. Leviticus has the sacrificial system. There's no more sacrificial system. When Jesus came, he is the Lamb of God that takes away to the sin of the world. There doesn't need to be any more sacrifice, okay? So we don't have to do what it says in Leviticus as it involves sacrifice. And dietary laws, we're not under that anymore because the Lord specifically changed it. Acts chapter 10, he declared all foods clean. You can eat anything you want. It's okay. 
Nowhere in the Bible does God change his moral stance on homosexuality. Nowhere. Nowhere. It was wrong in Leviticus 18. It's wrong in Romans chapter 1. It's wrong in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's just wrong. You know, if, if you say it's sin, then people will attack you. People, no doubt, when this sermon comes out, I'll have people upset with me. So yeah, but, but my daughter is that way. My son is that way. My friend is that way. My, my uncle's that way. This person's that way. Hey, you have friends that are like that? I have friends that are like that. I have friends that are adulterous. I have family members that live in fornication. I mean, you know, that doesn't change. I still love them, but I'm never gonna tell them, hey, what you're doing is right. It's not right. It's not right. And, you know, if you speak against it, people say, well, you're a homophobe. I just believe thus says the Lord. I believe that what God says is true. And homosexuality and adultery and fornication, they're not the unpardonable sins, but they're sins. They're sins. And if you'll look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, if you struggle with same-sex attraction, or if you struggle, as I do, with opposite-sex attraction, and with lust, and fighting things in your mind, and, and stuff like that, we want you to come here, because God loves you, and we love you, and we want you to be here. And we want to help you and be an encouragement to you. But one thing we'll never do is we'll never compromise on what God says. Never compromise on what God says. The truth is what sets people free. And if you reject the truth, there is nothing left for you. You're going to willfully reject God, and you're going to fall into terrible, horrible consequences. Now, this is kind of interesting. I got this from John Piper. John Piper said, the thing about homosexuality... He said, it is a, a visual picture of an invisible reality. And what's the invisible reality? Men reject God, and they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Hey, it's natural to worship God. He made us that way. But when you reject that, and you begin to worship the creature rather than the creator, what you see is in the physical realm Men start going after other men. Women start going after other women. It's not natural to do that. But that's a consequence of rejecting God. So sexual promiscuity and perversion, and then society becomes corrupt and perverted. And just as they did not see fit, verse 28, to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, their gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. They heartily pursue sin, and society becomes a moral cesspool. And parents abuse their children, and children murder their parents. And the Lord said when he looked out at Noah's day, the earth was filled with violence. 
There are places in America today you dare not drive there at night. You dare not walk on the street at night because you will end up most likely getting killed. It's a violent place. And that's what happens when a nation rejects God, when a world rejects God. To receive not the love of the truth so as to be saved, but to say no. Now, do you see that we, as you look at America, that we are at the precipice of judgment? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. I believe we're there. I believe we're not much different from the days of Noah. And although homosexuality is not the unpardonable sin, it is a very critical sin because it brings us to the end. It's the last step on the way down. Somebody has said this, God's mercy is like a dam and God's wrath is like the waters. And they said, in our world today, the waters of God's wrath are furiously beating upon the dam of his mercy. And one day, and we don't know when that day is going to be, one day that dam is going to give way. And God is going to pour out his righteous indignation on a world that deserves judgment from God, because this is his world, and he is the king. And he sets the rules. And what do we do in America? There's one thing to do, and that's repent. God is a God who responds to repentance. And if people in this room will begin to get their lives right with God and turn to God, hey, if you're struggling with sin, join the club. I struggle with sin too. But we never say evil is good and good is evil. We say, God, what you say in your word is right, and I'm coming to you. Help me, change me, make me the person you want me to be. Lord, I turn from my old way, and I turn to you. God, I'll answer that prayer. If you don't know Jesus Christ in a personal way, we invite you to come to Him. You do that by sincerely crying out to the Lord from your heart. You say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for that sin. And now, recognizing just how much you loved me and want me in a personal relationship with you, I turn from that sin now in repentance and faith, and I surrender my life to you. Help me to be the person you created me to be and serve you faithfully the rest of my life. Thank you for saving me. I love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed to receive Christ sincerely from your heart, then you are saved. You're a child of God, and we rejoice with you at From His Heart. Please write to us and let us know about your decision. We'd be greatly encouraged. Just go to fromhisheart.org, click the Contact Us tab. Well, for those of you who are mature Christians listening to the broadcast today, with your support, you're able to allow us to be here each and every day with messages like that and to help people realize that the days of Noah are coming, and now is the time to turn to God. Your support makes these messages possible. And for that support this month of any amount, we'd like to send you a thank you gift. It's the timely seven-message series from Pastor Jeff called The Days of Noah. You can get it in the format of your choice. And we'll also send you the encouraging booklet, Strong Faith for Tough Times, When the Impossible Meets God. Just make your gift and receive these resources today. Call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.org. 
and thank you for standing with us to impact the world for Christ. Well, time is gone for today's broadcast, but thank you for being here. Be with us on Wednesday as we again open God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.